Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Welcome to the Euro K Mental Fitness Studio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Ned Siegfried, Luke Peterson, and Todd Bradford with Siegfried and Jensen, Mark Richards with Wasatch Recovery, Colby and McKenzie with Thread Wallets, Drew Peterson with First Digital, Greg Jackson with Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, and Travis Whitaker, the owner of Living Recovery Interventions. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of these episodes is by Paul Cardall. He's an amazing person, and he's been one of my heroes for years. So thanks to all my sponsors and Paul Cardall for believing in me. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this next episode. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in week after week. Again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all your support and love and you know, sharing these amazing stories of these amazing people that come on this podcast. It, uh, it truly is a blessing and my gratitude for you. You know, I just want you to know how much that means to me. Um, I want to thank our sponsors um, for your support and also Paul Cardall for that beautiful music that you just listened to and you'll hear that at the end. He's a good friend of mine and I'm grateful that he allows me to use his music. Uh, today we are joined by Garrett Blood. What a cool last name, by the way. Thanks. I like that. It. Blood. <laughs> I like that. Um, Garrett, a uh, little background on Garrett. He owns, uh, he created and owns his own company called KJ Premium Staff Augmentation, right? Yeah. Uh, where you specialize in connecting clients with top virtual professional assistants. Your number one goal is to take individuals in developing nations and move them out of poverty into the middle class within 60 days. And we're going to get more into that. I can't wait to hear that. You grew up in Orange County in San Diego. You started your first company at age nine and sold it at age 12 to a business owner in his 30s. That, I can't wait to hear that story. (laughs) And, um, you know, you have five children. Uh, You... You know, you have all these kind of hobbies. You you really take good care of yourself, and you're doing a lot of good in this world. And there's so much we're going to get into. But thank you, Garrett, for being willing to come here and and share uh, a portion of your story with us. Absolutely, love, Me, love, means means a lot to me. Yeah. No. I uh, thanks for thanks for the invite. I, I love I love coming down <laughs> here and and having a conversation. It's true. Yeah. So talk about uh, just growing up and a little bit about your childhood in California. Yeah. I, uh, growing up in California, um, I always say there was no better place than California in the eighties, yeah, uh, in the right. early nineties. It was just, it was a great place to live before the dark times to use a star Wars, uh, analogy here, <laughs> right. you know, before, uh, taxes, traffic and politics kind of took over and ruined the state. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, growing up in orange County, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a good, it was a fun time. And, uh, and, um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. You know, close to the beach, uh, perfect weather, and uh, yeah. and then you know I lived there, lived in California about thirty three years yeah. before finally throwing in the towel. Did you surf? Were you a surfer? I was a big bodyboarder. Bodyboarder. Okay. So I uh, 
So I, I probably didn't have the balance to be on a surfboard on a regular basis, okay. but bodyboarding, uh, that was, that was my jam. That's yeah. what I love to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, um, I mean, starting a company at age nine, I mean, I, I don't even know what I was doing at age nine. I think I was still like, you know, playing with my GI Joe or I don't know. So how did that come about and talk a little bit about what that was? Yeah. You know, a lot of people have like, uh, they, they cut, they cut lawns, for example, yeah, or right. they babysit or something like that. But at age nine, <laughs> I had, um, I had an uncle that was a professional window cleaner. And so I would, I saw him doing it once and I said, Hey, I'd love to learn how to do that. And so I started uh, working with him and got fairly good at it. Uh, to the point where then I started going out on my own and finding residential, commercial, and industrial clients yeah. that I could I could start doing their windows on a regular basis. And it was a good way to uh, pay for some of the things that, the niceties of life that I wanted. And, uh, but at the same time, I, I wanted to save money and, um, you know, just, just different things I think I probably learned like in, in, in Boy Scouts, for example, right, at yeah. the time it was Cub Scouts. But, yeah. um, and so started out and, and uh, over time added, had about 60 clients that were, I was regularly servicing on a regular basis wow. and starting <laughs> to kind of just make some good money. I mean, I remember I'd make between 20 and $30 an hour back in the you know in Jeez, the, the early nine. yeah late That's 80s incredible. early 90s you know yeah. and so <laughs> it was it was great and it was a huge motivator yeah and then um my parents and i came from a, a pretty um affluent background for a while um people used to say like my parents were kind of jet setters a little bit right and uh but along with that my dad kind of fell into some bad habits mm -hmm. um I think there was some addiction components there. Yeah. Looking back, yeah. <clears throat> my dad was a little bit of a, an enigma and mystery. And um, as time went on, my parents divorced when I was about age 12. Oh, okay. And so that was what precipitated my needing to sell my business as my parents divorced. Oh, okay. And so I was fortunate enough to find someone in their 30s that was a window cleaner that said, you know what, I would love to buy your business, your book of business. <laughs> and so that's why I always joke, my first exit was right around when I was age 12. Wow. And it was out of the fact that I had to move where my mom and dad, you know, where yeah. they were separating and, and yeah. going and divorcing. And wow. um, so, so we moved away. I moved from uh, the Orange County area to uh, an area near San Diego called Temecula, if anyone's yeah. aware oh, of yeah. where Temecula and Marietta are there in Southern California. And uh, kind of rinse and repeat, had to kind of build something up from scratch again and, and do that. And I think part of that, too, is my way in which to kind of deal with the trauma and difficulty of parents divorcing. I yeah. was the oldest, the oldest of four kids. Okay. And so I felt part of it was my responsibility to kind of financially take care of the the family a little bit yeah the pressure of kind of being the oldest right yeah yeah and uh and so my my mom wasn't someone that was going to go out and work um and so it was you know she it was a t it was a tough time because i felt like i had to kind of take on the mantle of what my dad used to do mm. and uh at a, at a fairly young age so i uh you know rather than hanging out with friends and doing some of these things that you would do in your adolescence and enjoy being a kid, I felt yeah. like I had to kind of grow up extra fast, which yeah. was looking back is a little bit frustrating and, and difficult because it's like, wow, you know, it's kind of 
like Michael Jackson used to say. He's like, I didn't have a childhood. You know, I was constantly on the stage and performing and yeah. working. And that finally caught up with him. And so it's just kind of kind of interesting when I look back at that. Yeah. I'm grateful for a lot of the, you know, I feel like everyone has to do hard things. Yeah, right. And by doing those hard things, they grow. And yeah. I think it just, it helps us develop into the people that we, you know, um, you know, where we want to go, I, I guess you could say. And, um, but uh, looking back, I wouldn't trade it for right. for, for, yeah. for what it was. And, um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's just interesting how everyone has a different journey. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I would imagine, you know, at age nine, you know, you've got this business. It probably felt really good. I mean, I mean. 20 to 30 bucks an hour is good nowadays even, but I can imagine how that felt. Like as, as a nine-year-old, you probably thought you were this millionaire. Like, look at the money that's coming in. But I'm sure there's things you learn too that are, that are helping you to this very day. Hard work, you know, believing that you can actually go create something that people want, right? And this kind of opened up the door for you to, to be like this entrepreneur, right? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it was interesting because at the time, and I don't know if everyone felt this way, but I would, I'd have little bouts of depression every time I was going to go out and work. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, this yeah. is work, right? Yeah. Let's, let's buck up and get moving, right? And, and meeting and shaking hands with, with different homeowners and commercial business owners, industrial business owners and so forth of taking care of their, their warehouse windows and yeah. climbing up. And some of the things were, were kind of scary. Like I had kind of had a fear of heights, but I'd be up two and a half stories on a ladder and crossing my fingers that I didn't <laughs> right. lose it. Right. Yeah, right. And fortunately, <laughs> uh, never had an accident. Thank That's, goodness. Yeah, right. uh, over all those years. And, um, <laughs> thank goodness. Cause right. you know, I look at that and I go, you know, I could have totally permanently mm -hmm. ruined myself following oh, two yeah. stories, you know? For sure. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a great time of my life to be able to do that and, and feeling like, wow, I've got a lot of cash from my efforts here and now I can take this money and invest and put it into different yeah. vehicles to kind of propel it forward. And so at a young age, it was kind of, I was kind of drawn to that. Yeah. There's two things. It was that, and I really liked health. Yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd grow up on the on the floor of a, uh, like uh, natural food stores, and I would read the manuals. And so people would be funny. They'd walk by in the aisle, and here's this kid that's probably 12, <laughs> 13 years old yeah. reading a nutrition book on the floor, learning about the difference between Vita synthetic vitamin E and natural vitamin E, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, what's the difference there? That type of stuff. Yeah. And that was just, it was just super intriguing for some reason. Yeah. It just caught uh, your yeah. attention. And so that kind of yeah. little did I know that later that would have kind of an influence on like other things that I would do. For sure. So you served a mission for two years in Mexico, yep. right? And then shortly after you got that, you got married. Yeah. Now was this, was this after you started, we're going to talk about your your first um, major company was Arctic Zero. Yeah, was this before Arctic Zero that you got went on a mission, married, and or was Arctic Zero before that? So Arctic Zero was after after, uh, after my mission okay. in, in Mexico. Gotcha. Um, and then I met my wife. Actually, 
about two weeks after a week to two weeks after I got home from Mexico. Oh. And I'd never seen her before. Really? She lived in the area, but I had never seen her mm -hmm. at any type of church function or anything like yeah. that. And so it was like everything kind of like in movies when you see something slow yeah, down, right, you know, yeah. and you see it and it's almost like there was a pillar of light and, and, and the world as we yeah. know it disappeared and it was just us focused you, you on each knew. other. Yeah. And so we still, to this day, we know that moment because yeah. she had the same moment. Oh, that's cool. And so it was super cool. And yeah. we, we started, we started <laughs> dating and we were married like a year, a year and a couple of days after that event okay. of meeting for the first time. And, um, but then after that, you know, I, I, I had, I had a couple of different things that I was doing at the time to, yeah. my, my goal was after getting home from Mexico was to buy a house within the first 12 months. And, uh, fortunately I was able to do that in the early 2000s, right. much, much harder for the average person to do that now right. being the real estate market as we know it, especially in California. Wow, is able to buy yeah. a modest home right. and then because uh, my goal was to take my wife back to a house versus an apartment or something like that yeah. this was something uh, that was different and um but yeah proposed to her in the backyard actually the day that it closed escrow which was oh, kind of a wow. fun event two great um, events right, yeah right together and so that was super fun but mm -hmm. um but yeah uh, about a year year and a half later <clears throat> I was working with a colleague of mine and, and we were eating at a, like a Subway type of a restaurant. You know, it was not, not Subway, but it was kind of like some, you know, some sandwich shop. Yeah, right. And we're there at lunch and I said, you know what? And I saw an ice cream machine and I said, why can't that stuff be healthy? And uh, <laughs> right. it's so frustrating, you know? Yeah. I go to the gym yeah. and I crave ice cream afterward and I'm going to negate everything that I just did in the gym. Why can't that be healthy? And I said, how hard could it be to make a protein-based ice cream? And yeah. I said, why not? And so at that point, we kind of went out and kind of, he liked the idea too, and we, mm -hmm. we kind of moved through the steps. Yeah. We bought a frozen yogurt, a uh, soft serve machine, and started kind of experimenting with some, some formulas and different things like that. And... Uh, Fast forward a couple of years later, after being in yogurt shops in a right. few different states, you know, we decided, you know what, it's a little bit of a hassle and a pain dealing with these yogurt shop owners that were trying to undercut the quality of the product. Right. You know, it was the lowest calorie, lowest carb right. soft serve um, in the United States. It was called CarbAway. And... Uh, and so we kind of, and it was very popular during the Atkins stuff, as you can yeah. imagine. Oh, yeah. So it really took off. <laughs> it was just the right timing. Yeah. And we just started having um, celebrities actually in the Los Angeles area starting to ask these yogurt shop owners if they could start getting this in bulk. Can we mm. buy this in a pint and take it home? And, yeah. and so we thought, you know what? How hard would it be? Well, we'd never put a product into a grocery store. So yeah. this is a new thing for us to sure, pioneer. Yeah. And <laughs> and so we started and we, we messed around with the formula and made it fat-free, gluten-free, lactose-free, diabetic-friendly, 150 calories for the entire pint, uh, protein shake in an ice cream form, basically, that yeah. had about 20 grams of whey protein, 8 grams of fiber, and nothing artificial. And you could pronounce every ingredient on the label. Jeez. And at the time, nothing That's existed <laughs> like it. Yeah. yeah. And so we thought, you know what, let's get this into a, a, a pint and get it in the stores. But I said, you know what? There's also another issue here. How do you get someone, 
I, I think about my wife in this respect. She hates handling anything that's cold. So for her to walk yeah. by a refrigerator yeah. or a freezer case <laughs> in a grocery <laughs> right, store yeah. and open that and grab a pint and then turn it over to read the good things on the back, too many steps there. Yeah. So I said, what if we took the calorie count and put it on the front of the package so that someone walking by would go, whoa, 150 calories for the entire pint. That's amazing. Yeah. And then they reach in and they've ar- we've already captured their already, attention. Yeah, you got them. And uh, so we were the first ones to ever put calorie counts on the front of a package. And so now you see kind of that aisle, yep. especially now they yeah. all do it. And even the big billion dollar companies are doing it now. And it's like, here we are, this little guy yeah. that did it. That's and so amazing. I kind of look at that and that go, that, that's kind of fun. And uh, so we got it into one grocery store to start. And I'll, I'll never forget my wife waving a sign uh, for Arctic Zero <laughs> on a corner somewhere. Did you, um, did you have to pay her? <laughs> yeah, right, right. She was just such a good sport oh, about it. Awesome. And so my business partner in there, <laughs> Uh, swing, slinging, slinging pints, you know, and having people it. try it. And some people would spit it out in front of us. And we're yeah. like, oh, and they tell us this is not going to do anything. Um, and then others are like, wow, this is, this is a godsend yeah. for my situation. You know, I'm a diabetic or I'm lactose intolerant and, and you know, whatnot. And in fact, uh, one of the people that was really, um, happy that we came up with this was actually out of the Mayo Clinic, some of the physicians, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention their name, but they uh, very. They're, she's a billionaire heiress that owns uh-huh. a significant uh, brand, uh, an Italian brand that was going through a okay. difficult time. Yeah. And this is what actually kept her alive. Really? And so it was kind of cool to hear that. Yeah. But we got the product into one store, then in a hundred grocery stores, then in a thousand grocery stores. And then 10,000, then 18,000 grocery stores nationwide. That's amazing. And it became the number three best-selling pint in the, in the freezer aisle of grocery stores. That so is it was, incredible. It was Haagen-Dazs, Ben & Jerry's, then us, Arctic Zero. No way. And so it was super, so super fun. And we had a few people before <clears throat> there was a name for them as influencers that helped propel our brand. And we didn't even know it. They would just talk about it. And all of a sudden, then Dr. Oz, we were on the Dr. Oz show twice, and uh, <laughs> Amazon ranked it as the 57th best-selling food item out of 550,000 food I items. I mean, that is amazing. It, and so it was fun. It was a great, great ride to kind of get it yeah. up and running. I always liken it to my kids. You yeah. know, your, your kids come into the world and you're helping them crawl and then to walk and then to run and to thrive. Yes. And that's kind of how that, how that, you kind of the same pattern. Yeah. yeah. And so it was just super fun at the time. I thought I loved it. Looking back, I think it was one of those things where I liked it. Yeah. But you know, times in your life, you, you, you go through and learn and stub your toe and yeah. you go, okay, I'm I'm learning these new these new skills that that you know that I didn't have before, and so I feel like a culmination of the events that I've done to date have kind of prepared me yeah. uh, to get to you know this point in my life, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Wow, what an incredible thing though to be number three. I mean, and I've I've worked with my dad and my brother in the grocery store industry. And that's that's a tough place to be, man. It's a, it's it's a very competitive, yes. very hard to get into a store. First of all, yeah, you know. 
But what a great story. And it goes back to you kind of had this same kind of attitude when you were nine years old. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to figure this out. So you, it's I like how you just kind of push forward and keep going. It's You know what's interesting is we had a lot of people that told us no. Oh, you can't make a protein-based ice cream <laughs> right. made from whey protein. Yeah. This is how you have to do this. And this is these are food scientists telling us that we could not make a product like this. And then those that said we could try also told us, well, it's not going to be successful because you're not going to be able to make it taste good. You're not going to be able to. And I said, you know what? I'm not trying to pull the Haagen-Dazs or Ben & Jerry's right. clientele. I said, this is for the 10% of the market that would love to enjoy this, but they can't. And they don't want to have to deal with exactly. sugar alcohols yeah. and uh -huh. artificial ingredients and things that are going to actually wreak havoc on their body. I said, I want to create yeah. this small niche in the market. And a lot of these big companies, billion-dollar companies, they're a lot of times looking for these pioneering brands. Yeah to spend the time, energy, and money because they don't want to do anything innovative or disruptive. Exactly. They're just going to stick with the status yeah. quo. And so at the time, it worked out great because there was no products like that on yeah. the market. Now yeah. you look at it now and you've got halo tops and having a con I had. They called me up once and they said, <laughs> hey, and they kind of wanted to ask us questions about our product. And, <laughs> and I had to kindly tell them, sorry, I'm not going to build our competition and give you the answers right, to the right, test, yeah, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, totally. And so then you've got all the other brands, Wink and yep. So Delicious that came out with their products and all these other ones um, that started kind of working in that same space. And, uh, but no, it's just interesting, you know, at the beginning we were pretty quiet, no one could see who we were. And then eventually we had a target on our back. And uh, which is which is to be said, you know, if we're taking away profit share right, yeah, right. from them and we're starting to get penetration in the market, that's just that's just how it happens. But now you've got this really cool area in the freezer case that now has appeal. Yeah, and uh, right. my my joke was I, I said <laughs> I wanted to create a pint that you could eat to answer your 10 o'clock sweet tooth. Yeah. Eat it today and look better tomorrow type of thing. Because like as you eat, basically yeah. I used to say what you eat in private shows in public. And Ooh, so it was, it was one of those things <laughs> where, you know, I, I used to, I remember talking at a Weight Watchers clinic once and women were getting really excited over the fact that they could eat this entire pint and it was only three points for them. <laughs> and, you know, they, they just loved the fact that they could get the satiety from from what they were eating and it wasn't going to affect them. Right, and I said, yeah. hey, you know what? You break up with your boyfriend, you start eating a pint of ice cream and they're going to wish they were still with you tomorrow because you're going to look so much better oh, than you did. Love that. You know, type of thing. Yeah. And so it was kind of a running joke <laughs> yeah. and uh, that we loved, but I loved it. It was, it was, it was satisfying a need in yeah. the market and I kind of liked to raise a little bit of eyebrows about something. And so that was, that was, that was a fun time. And uh, we would get pictures and videos and different celebrities and you name it from around yeah. the United States that would talk about being able to eat something as simple as ice cream. I'm like, wow, you know, these are people that are gushing about a food product. I, it yeah. was just kind of funny to think about, but at the same time, it was satisfying a need that some people had that, yeah. you know, but, um, but anyway, That's had a cool. great exit from that. Yeah. Uh, had a CEO that I had uh, had grown up with in junior high um, that uh, had a financial background, and I said, you know what? 
I want to build this the right way so that we can have a successful exit from yeah, the company. Yeah, right, yeah. And so uh, I convinced him to leave a very lucrative $400,000 a year job to work for peanuts and a lot of equity in the company. And we had already sparked it. We were already in stores yeah. nationwide. Yeah, right. And so now I just say, okay, you take this and run with it so I can focus more on the marketing hat and yep. the sales hat and a few things like that. And uh, so, yeah, it just continued to thrive. And That's had incredible. A, had a had a good exit and uh yeah that's about it so cool so cool well man you you are doing a lot of great things and you know this all leads up to what i really wanted to get into today with you is kj oh you know your your amazing company where you're helping people all over the world um and i love it and but i think what i want to start off with is how did you come up with the name kj you know that's um my wife and i used to always joke that um it would be great if we could take the names of our kids and do something fun with it, yeah. create a business and just yeah. maybe it sits on a shelf for a while and we do something with it. And so I thought, you know, how great would it be? So we kind of experimented with a few letters and we've got five yeah. kids. Yeah. And so it's Kate, Ariana, Jack, Alexa, and Ethan. And the book ends, Ethan's my 18 year old, he's the okay. oldest, yeah. and then Kay is our youngest, the youngest Kate, okay. she's seven. <laughs> and it just kind of worked together. And um, it's a five letter domain, and you can't really find those anymore if it's, you know, even misspellings, you can't really find it. And so I came up with this name <laughs> and hadn't done much with it for a while. Yeah. And started deciding on, you know, what I might be able to do with it, and it'd be fun. And come to find out, later that in Jamaican, the word KJ means gift from God. And I thought, really? wow, that's, that's, I lucked out. <laughs> really? And um, so here we've got a name. It's a five letter domain. It's, it's the names of my kids. And it has this meaning yeah. in Jamaican gift from God. And I thought, wow, this is I don't believe in coincidences. Everything is inspired. Something, you know, sure. everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I agree. And, um, but, you know, I had spent a lot of time in Latin America living there and mm -hmm. spent a lot of time in the Philippines. Um, did a lot of import and export out of Asia. So I found myself in travels there a lot. And I always think the Philippines is uh, the Mexico of Asia. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, similarities between Mexico and the Philippines. And I think one of the main things is, um, I think of the Philippines as the country of smiles. Everybody is happy and warm and inviting and incredibly poor. Um, mm. uh, more so, I think, than, than, than most of Mexico. But you've got the biggest hearts in the Philippines compared to other parts of the world. Yeah. And I always thought, man, it would be so amazing to do something uh, involving those in the Philippines. And what a lot of people don't know is that in the Philippines, besides having one of the highest populations of homelessness, like mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know this, but the Philippines has 3.2 million people that live on the street. Yeah, I didn't know that. So no. here in Utah, we, we, we think, okay, well, we've got 800 people. Now imagine the entire state of Utah, 3.2 million homeless. Homeless, wow. Living in a city. And of those 3.2, you've got 1.2 million that are kids under the age of 10. <clears throat> so you look at that, and it's tremendous. The you know we we've got it so good yeah, here in the United do, States, 
And so it's um, so thought, you know, there's a lot of people in the Philippines, most of which have bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, some that have advanced degrees like PhDs, MBAs. And they've got a multitude of experience um, working for major corporations. And their English is like yours and mine. Right. Um, one of the, the benefits of us being in the Philippines during World War II is everyone was able to, you know, that, that American influence on, with English has been a huge help for the country. And so you've got this trifecta of yeah. English skills and education. I thought, you know, this is a perfect fit for some of the needs that employers have here in the United States. So rather than dealing, and I hate to say it this way, crybaby Americans that are saying, well, I just graduated from college, I demand $100,000 a year, and I yeah. want free massages on Fridays. <laughs> uh, you know, you've, right. got, you've got <laughs> folks that say, you know what, I would just love to be able to feed my family and have more than four things in the refrigerator. And so wow. rather than food uh, insecurity, this is a way in which that they can change their stars to use a, a to use a phrase from one of my favorite movies right. and um so i thought how great would it be if we could do something i call conscious capitalism where you've got the focus being on uh, the individuals in your company and and changing their lives yeah. from a social impact standpoint and i thought you know what what i would like to do and i want kj to stand for is paying them a living wage, but more than a living wage. So we pay everyone on our team five to 10 times more than a daily living wage in their respective country. So Jeez, it catapults them from poverty yeah. to middle class in less than two months. And fortunately, we've been able to do it for 100% of everyone on our team within that 60 days. Yeah. And so they, because I thought, you know what? You've got all these charitable organizations, but they do it, I feel like, sometimes incredibly slow. Maybe it's they're trying to perpetuate their charity, yeah. and so they, they stretch it out, but I thought a generation is far too long. Far too long, yeah. And so it's it's gotta be something quicker than that. And so we said, you know what, but let's not stop there. Let's provide the top medical and dental in their country, the, what the one percenters basically get in those countries. Yeah. And then we give them a snack allowance, we give them um, access to free mental health. We have a we have a clinical psychologist with a PhD. So from a mental health standpoint, anytime Man. depression, anxiety, something that they're dealing with with a trauma, you name it, that they and their families can access free mental health from someone that is incredibly um, educated um, at no cost as often as they need. Um, and then you know we 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 did a few other things like uh, providing. Um, vacations, incentives, bonuses, um, providing, uh, we created something called KJ Kids, which is a scholarship endowment type of program that we put together. So for the children of anyone that's at KJ, they can now afford to go to a private school, for example, Jeez. to kind of, again, to, 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 to propel the next generation um, forward. And so, um, you know, always looking for some fun things that we can do. Because again, my my number one focus is them. Yeah. And I know if that they feel good about what they do, and they feel secure, and they know that they can be vulnerable, and they're in a safe environment. Yeah. yeah. They'll pull out the stops from a performance standpoint for their client. Yeah. And then the client is happy with KJ because 
You yeah. know, they've got this amazing person and it's right. a circle. Yep. And so I thought, you know, that is my focus, kind of like the Southwest approach to customers first. Yeah, right. And uh, and that's been the goal. And I found that because of that, our attrition rate, losing somebody is less than 2%, which means our clients here in the United States, it's 2% as well. Yeah. And so they are now able to afford hiring three or four of our people. Um are amazing team members as opposed to hiring just one American. Yeah. And we, you know, they pay us a flat rate and we take care of the compensation and the benefits and everything. And they have someone that reports to work every day, 40 hours a week in the trenches. And they're not dealing with payroll tax, workers comp yeah, and right. the absenteeism that is prevalent. Yeah, it right. seems like yeah. here in the U S and so it fills a need across the board and um, so anyway, I I love it. You know, I, yeah. I thought I loved ice cream. My kids used to say, <laughs> dad's an ice cream man. You know, yeah, and they, right, yeah. I'm, I always say, you know what? Maybe I'm ringing the bell a little bit yeah. too loud. Right. <laughs> but I love what I do now. It's it's just, you know, I'll get I'll get an email or a Zoom request to talk to someone from the team. And they'll just show me a before and after picture of they didn't have a bed before and now yeah. they have a bed. That was my first conversation with yeah. you. I was going to bring that up is some of these people don't even have a bed. A bed. But yet when they when they use you use them to help them work, yeah. they end up buying a bed. And to them, that is like the the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. You know, it's wow. A bed. I mean, and we've, we're complaining about whether or not we have high-speed internet yeah. or that we got the right food product that was out of stock in yeah. the grocery store. She, uh, this is, this is uh, Sarah out of Venezuela. And so a lot of people don't know this, but Venezuela was one of the wealthiest nations. In fact, they were the wealthiest nation in all of Latin America. Mm. And then, uh, you, then you've got a socialist dictator that gets into place and yeah. it's gone by the wayside instantaneously. Mm. And it's, it's happened in less than a generation that they went from the wealthiest to one of the poorest. And so here she is. You know, I feel as though talent is broadly uh, spread across the earth, but opportunity is not. Yeah. And so by providing that opportunity <clears throat> for her, I apologize for getting kind of choked up. No, you're good. <clears throat> don't apologize. You're good. Going from not having a bed to having a bed is tremendous. I mean, can you imagine? I can't even. So it's seeing un, it's unbelievable. So seeing these pictures, I mean, we've got we've got members of the team that have furniture for the first time, in addition to <clears throat> some of those things. Wow! But um, we there was someone I remember talking to. He was a um, a pastor of his local congregation uh, in the Philippines, and he said, "You know, I used to drive." I used to have to get on a bus, multiple buses, um, and spend about two hours bringing people to church before church and his various different meetings every Sunday. And I thought, wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And so then he reached out to me. He said, you know, Garrett, I was able to buy a car <clears throat> for the first time. And he said, basically, that same, <clears throat> that same thing that used to take about two hours now it takes just 10 minutes oh my gosh so it's amazing so it's those types of things <clears throat> wow and i apologize Don't um, no, that are tremendous and so when i say <clears throat> cry baby americans 
what I mean. It's like we all take it for granted. You know, yeah. everyone feels like they're entitled to have a car and everyone's entitled to have all these different things. But I think we've we've gotten away because of consumerism to think that yeah. our we're we're confusing wants and needs significantly. Yeah. And uh, right. we've become, well, I have to have the latest AirPods and the latest iPhone because dang it, I, I deserve it. And yeah. I, yeah. I should have it. And it's like, yeah. wow, you know, it's just, we've got a rude awakening coming, I feel like here in the United States because yeah. you've got this global- It feels global, like something's coming. You've got this global workforce that, yeah. that wants to work. They want an opportunity. And now- and I think it's one of the few blessings of COVID, if you could say there's a blessing there, yeah. of it's taught us that we can work remote, yeah. that we can do things from afar, yeah. that we don't have to punch a clock in person. Yeah. And so now it's opened the world to opportunity. Wow. That's beautiful. Well, um, I want my listeners to know that I, I use your services. We, we are working with someone there in the Philippines that's helping me you know, build my business, and, and she's fantastic. Yeah. And just positive, grateful. Very grateful. And it chokes me up too to think, you know, the stuff I sometimes find myself complaining about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like, why am I complaining about it? I mean, here's this woman who is making pretty good money in her standards now. And she is like, it's like Christmas morning for her every day. And anyway, so I just, I, I'm so impressed with the, what you're doing there with your, with KJ and, uh, it truly is a gift from God. I mean, it truly is. And that's really what you're providing for them down there. And not only for her, but the gift she is to my company. Yeah. Like she's on top of things. She's smart. She's, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just so yeah. good. The flow of it, it's going amazing. So I just want my listeners to know I'm using your services and it's great. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because... Um, her, Leia, she is. Yeah. She is. I, I use her name because she's. She's just. I didn't know um, if I could say her name. No, I you're didn't fine. Know she's. She's amazing. She and really is. She's been with us. I always call her a KJ original. <laughs> she's been with us from the very beginning. Yeah. And she is yeah. just. She's outstanding. Yep. Above and beyond. And you. You nailed it when you said grateful. Oh yeah. So grateful. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well. Um, how long have you been doing KJ now? How when did you start it? It's it's funny. Um, we've got um, about fifteen months under our belt. Nice. So we're super super young still. Yeah. But kind of like, and I hate saying we're staffing and recruitment or VA because I feel like those are just very blasé. Yeah. Even VA, I feel like is so impersonal because there's so many companies that do that. Yeah. But they pay their 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 I call everyone on my on 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 our team family members because that's how mm -hmm. we look at them, um, and but a lot of these companies are paying a very poor wage because they're trying to capitalize on these these margins and yeah personally enriching themselves beyond measure it's unbelievable and um, and so it's just it's just astounding to me and so I wanted to figure out a way to disrupt uh, just this sector of the economy to show that, wow, you you can have someone amazing to be part of your team, pay them tremendously well, yeah. change their lives, and you as a company also get the benefit. 
yeah. tremendously more than you would than if you were hiring somebody domestic. Absolutely. And it sounds bad to say it was like, well, you're outsourcing, and it's like, you know what? Unemployment's at a record low, and it's really hard to find amazing talent. Now you've got an opportunity to find that amazing talent yeah, right. to satisfy that need. I mean, I talk to businesses here in in Silicon Slopes here in Utah on a regular mm -hmm. basis that are in tech, yeah. and, and they say, you know what? We're having a really hard time filling this full-stack developer role. You know, we've been working for four months trying to find the right person for this. And I said, well, what if I can get you three of your dream hires in less than a week? And they're like, that's impossible. And so we'll, that's what we'll do is we find those three top hires for them that they can vet and decide yeah. if they want to move forward with them. And it's just such a blessing yeah. for every party involved. And I just love doing it. And oh. so it's kind of how do we disrupt oh. this marketplace showing that you've got amazing people that want to change their lives and they're willing and they want to work. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Um, you obviously have this, you know, entrepreneurship running through your veins. Um I know you're doing this. This is your passion. You obviously love it. You can just see it in you. You get emotional around it. Um, do you have any anything on the horizon, like something that you are you always thinking of new ideas? Are you always? I mean, do you got stuff that's brewing that uh, you can maybe share a little bit with yeah, us? Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. Um, so KJ is actually a catalyst for what I'm trying to do. Okay. So my business partner, uh, Rob McMillan, he's got a background in venture, uh, venture mm -hmm. capital, and uh -huh. Um, he's very smart, very financially savvy. And so we've always connected on a lot of different levels. And when, when I decided I wanted to move forward with KJ, we were talking about it one day and he says, Garrett, I would love to be a part of that. And so then we, we joined forces and we created the company. And, uh, but part of what we created was thinking with kind of the end in mind, and so the goal, I read two books that I really love and I would recommend to anyone if they want to read a book that will change their lives. There's two books by Clayton Christensen, uh, who is, for anyone that's not aware, he um, went to Oxford uh, for his undergrad and then got his um, master's, his MBA from Harvard Business School mm. and later became um, an economics professor there at Harvard. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, he was also an entrepreneur, and he was yeah. a family man. And yeah. he, was, he was someone that was really good at balancing all of those. But the focus, of course, was on his family first, yeah, right. which is great to have that as the priority. Yeah. And so it's kind of rare at his level to be that way. And so he wrote these two books that I thought were super influential in my life, were incredibly influential. One was The Prosperity Paradox, yep. about how to, how to basically lift people out of poverty and kind of talks a little bit about why some of these charities have not done what they've proposed that they were going to do. Yeah. And, and then in addition, he also wrote a book that I love. It's called how will you measure your life? Mm. And those two books were like the, the impetus uh, to, to put this together. And so I thought, okay, well, how great would it be to, for the interim uh, to create a company that could lift people out of poverty but at the same time, do it in a way where all the stakeholders involved could benefit. And again, kind of going back to conscious capitalism. Yeah. Um, 
and because uh, I feel like that is 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 the driver. Is you know you have everyone that can benefit from this opportunity, and I wanted to basically make available. Um, for example, um, in the Prosperity Paradox, he talks about, and I spent time in Mexico, and one of the big companies there is Bimbo Bakeries. Mm -hmm. Funny name. Right. But it's, um, it's lifted a lot of the infrastructure as we know it in Mexico today. Roads, uh, electricity, water, internet, um, just logistics as we know it because yeah. of that one company. Yeah. Udo Noodles did it in Africa. Samsung and LG did it in South Korea. I mean, and the, and the names go on and on. And I thought, you know, it'd be great to take a lot of the, uh, the, the revenue that's generated from KJ and set it aside so that we can start investing in the brilliance in these respective countries. Yeah. All, you've got all the countries in Latin America. You've got 54 countries in Africa. You've got... Um, you know, all you got 7,500 islands in the Philippines. And so being able to find these individuals that have amazing and excellent education, maybe they went to a top school, an Ivy League yeah, school, right. and they get back and they've got amazing experience, but they don't have the funding to take their idea to the next level. Well, the goal is enter Rob and myself and a few other select individuals here yeah. in Silicon Slopes and... and we are able to put money into an account, $100,000, $50,000, something that moves the needle yeah. for them to now create a company. And then now we're able to multiply our efforts. So, you know, if we have yeah. a couple hundred members on our team, yeah. that's significant. But if we can have a company that can now have 1,000, 10,000, 20,000 individuals now there's jobs in these countries yeah. it lifts the community and infrastructure yeah. like it's never been done before and on our level it's too small kj's i mean even if we get up to say two thousand three thousand individuals but having these multiple opportunities spread across the philippines africa latin america where they're lifting where they can stand for yeah. the first time, yeah. that's the goal. That's the driver. So I'm kind of looking at it like China does in dynasties. I'm looking at it in, you know, ten years, twenty years, thirty years from now. I still have gas. Hopefully, in thirty years, I still have gas in the tank. But uh, <laughs> right, you know, um, that it, you know that we're able to help them lift where they stand. Create, like I said before, the LGs and Samsungs yeah. of those worlds. I mean, look at Honda. Honda was oh, yeah. in the same situation, yeah. a very small brand, and then look at them today. And so, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but South Korea is one of the poorest nations in all of Asia. Now look at them; they're yeah. a thriving metro, you know, metropolis. Yeah. And so, being able to do that same thing with 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 that perspective because we can literally change the infrastructure and uh you know just the just again change the societies yeah. uh by just it's just simple enough as a good paying job wow so cool well, i love that vision of where you're headed and i think uh, i think you'll do it i mean you've been successful since you were nine <laughs> it's pretty incredible <laughs> you know i there's a lot to talk about but i i want to if there if someone's listening to your voice right now, and I know this is kind of a tangent a little bit, but if there's someone listening to you right now, Garrett, 
that's struggling on some level, whether it's with mental health issue, addiction, or trying to find their way, trying to start their own business, whatever it may be. You've already given some really good advice, but what advice would you give that one person right now who's listening who may be in that mindset or that or, or that place in their life right now? Wow, great question. Um, for me, and I just kind of, I'm thinking about when I was in kind of those, those dark moments where you're discouraged and, mm-hmm. or maybe you're surrounding yourself with people that, you know, are not moving in the direction that they should be. And that kind of, you know, rubs off on them onto yeah. you. And, but again, you know, we always hear it and I don't mean it for it to be cliche about surrounding yourself with positive, upbeat, good people. But, um, there's going to be people, people that it sounds so bad to say this, but there's a lot of people that are rooting for your failure so that they can feel good. Yeah. And those aren't the right people to be around. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes they see your success and they're envious or angry that you have success thinking that, oh, wow, you just got lucky. And I used to always say luck is the, is the, um, what was the phrase I used to use back in the day? Luck is a lazy man's excuse for not putting in the work. Yeah, wow. And yeah. it's it 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 it's just one of those things. It's you know maybe it's hard to wake up in the mornings and get out there, and sometimes you're like, oh man, I just I can't deal with the world today. Yeah. And you want to stay in bed. And yeah. And I wish there was a way. I wish there was a quick fix to say, okay, we'll just get out of bed. You know, because a lot of people are like, well. I'm depressed or yeah. I'm scared to face the world because of anxiety. And, and I don't know what the magic pill is, but sometimes it's just, you have to kind of reach deep and go, you know what? I, I just have to change something up. I have to change yeah. my routine. Yeah. I got to get out of this funk and, and figure something out. And I think one of those main things is surrounding yourself with just good uplifting people and doing good things like this reminds me of there's a couple of books that i really like atomic habits is a great one yeah it's a great book um, yeah that's an, a really another good one. one that i really love is um oh, what is the name i'm drawing a blank right now but one of the things that he says in this book is oh, it's the compound effect okay small yeah. changes add up tremendously but surrounding yourself with good people cuz he says you're the average of your five closest relationships. Yeah. So if we're surrounding ourselves with some downers and some... You're the some, average of all that. Exactly. Right. You know, and I yeah. feel like that is probably one of the best things that you can do. You can still be friends with them, but maybe you don't sure. spend as much time with them. Exactly. But I think a lot of times when someone sees you being positive and uplifting, that you could actually be that cause for good yeah. in their lives and helpfully helping, you know hopefully getting them to that next level and maybe raising them up because you're a good influence and example. Yeah, but I love that. I don't know. I hope that answered. Your no, question it did. That was beautifully answered. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, if, if someone wanted to reach out to you, Garrett, and get to know more about you or ask you a question or know more about KJ, you know, what would be the best way? Or again, even to use those services, what would be the best way for them to do that? So, I'm I'm contemplating <laughs> whether I l- put my email out there for 400,000 individuals to reach out to me. And I've been in that situation before with Arctic Zero 
where we put out our contact yeah. information and then instantly we started getting 20 visits to our website per second. Yeah, wow. Um, and that was for like several days. Yeah. And so you can imagine that inbox got crazy. But um, if someone is looking for someone brilliant to help with their organization, um, reach out to sales at kj.com. Now, if they're looking for, they want to reach out to me directly, and I'm, I'm knocking on wood here that I don't, I set myself up. They can reach out to me directly at GarrettBlood at KJ.com. And um, I answer everything. Thank you. <laughs> I answer everything that comes to my inbox. So yeah. this is not going to be pawned off to somebody sure, else. Sure, sure. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I you know if I can be a resource for anyone or point them in the right direction, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with KJ. If there's anything I can do for them, yeah. they can feel free to reach out. Wow. Well, thanks for being willing to share that. Um, hopefully, you don't get you know blasted with a bunch of stuff. But <laughs> uh, but no, I, I really appreciate that. And I gotta I gotta honestly say I love the way you carry yourself. I love the way you live your life. You know, I we we know mutual people that know each that know you each other each of us right and the way they talk about you and the way they say the all the good you're doing in the world i'm grateful to be sitting here with you today live and uh it means a lot to me so thank you for being a a light in this world that we need so much right now oh wow thanks that's that's so nice to say and i mean it's and that's truly from my heart i really mean that like it's awesome to see what you're doing wow and I, i i appreciate that and i'm i'm grateful that you've got a resource uh, to help people on a regular basis with what you're doing, yeah. given your level of experience. Uh, you know, it's, 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 I mean, Todd inspires. I love the <laughs> inspires component well, there you. because that is, that is something that we need tremendously. Yeah. And uh, I, especially in this 24-hour news cycle of a world that focuses on all the negative and things that are wrong yeah. in the world, creating contention on a regular basis so that they can create relevance for themselves is just frustrating. So it's so great that you've got positivity and yeah. impact when it comes to mental health and furthering things along for people. Yeah, well, thank you, and I appreciate that. And again, I love having client. Uh, guests like you coming on and sharing your story. This is what makes this um, uh, great because, I mean, this is why I do what I do, is for people to know, it's, we don't have to worry about what's going on in the news so much, but listen to what people are actually doing despite if you think the world's maybe going in the wrong direction, there's a lot of good going on. Yeah. And Garrett, you're one of those people that is making that happen. So oh, thank you. <laughs> thanks for yeah. saying that, that's so nice. Well, thanks for spending some time with me today. Absolutely. It means a lot. and. Uh, I'm sure our listeners now are going, man, that was awesome. And it was awesome for me to sit here with you. Oh, yeah. Thanks. It was great. And yeah. And uh, yeah, any, anything I can do to help, just let me know. Will do. Well, there you go, folks. Thanks for tuning in once again. Um, Garrett Blood, everybody. Uh, check out uh, the things that he's doing. Um, and you can also reach out to me. I'm happy to relay any message to him as well. But I'm grateful for all of you. Thank you for believing in me and thank you for sharing this with people. It really does mean a lot and we're making a lot of headway in helping people who are struggling. So thank you so much. I love you. Thanks again to my sponsors and for the beautiful music by Paul Cardall. I love you. Until next time.